What's up, guys? Brett Apley here from DailyFanMMA.com, back with another UFC Quick Picks on the Mayo Media Network. We have UFC Columbus this weekend. Curtis Blaze versus Chris Dawkins is our main event. Should be a fun one. 13 fights on the slate. As always, I'm going to give you my favorite cash game play, tournament play, salary play, and my fade of the week for DraftKings. And before I get into it, as always, make sure to subscribe to this channel. So much great content coming out throughout the week. So many different sports. Like the video, comment below who your favorite play is in the 7K range. There's a ton of options. I think we're going to see a few upsets on this slate. And picking the right fighter in the 7K range may be the difference between winning a tournament and missing out in the cash line. So we're going to talk about a couple fighters here, but very curious to hear your thoughts. Without further ado, let's get into the picks. And my cash game play of the week is going to be Curtis Blades at 9.2K. All right, in cash games, I like Curtis Blades at 9.2K. I also like Krizaev, uh, but he's currently not priced into the DraftKings player pool yet, which is crazy considering it's Thursday evening. Um, he will be one of the most popular fighters on the slate. I'm not going to touch on him, though, just because he's he's not in the player pool yet. So um, a little bit frustrating, just figured I'd point that out. But still, you know I like to target the main event in cash games. Curtis Blades, 9.2K, is a minus 390 favorite, minus 130 to win inside the distance, and he typically scores very well from a fantasy perspective. Blades lands 3.44 significant strikes per minute, only absorbing 1.6 significant strikes per minute, and most importantly is averaging 6.2 takedowns per 15 minutes. And he's put up like massive numbers on DraftKings in the past. He has a 173-point win, 120, 134, 121, 135. So, you know, Blades is no guarantee, but he has a ceiling that is generally unmatched by the majority of fighters on this slate. And given five rounds to work with in a matchup against Dawkins where I do expect him to wrestle, um, I think Blades has a very, very high floor and a very, very high ceiling in a win. Now, the problem with Blades is that he may just lose. I mean, he just may get knocked out quickly, which is not ideal from a cash game perspective. But also, I still think he's, I still think he's worthy of a cash game uh, uh, valuation. But it's a spot where I would also be actively looking to play Dawkins in tournaments at seven K because I think Dawkins is best and most realistic path to victory is a first round knockout. Dawkins is a very slick boxer. He's got fast hands, knockout power. And if he wins, I expect it to be done with his hands with power. And that's probably just going to result in a knockout. And Curtis Blades has been knocked out several times and he's coming off a knockout, not most recently, but in 2021 against Derek Lewis, in which he was kind of dominating that fight and just got uh, need into oblivion. So Blades gets hit, he gets hurt, and I wouldn't be surprised by a knockout. So I wouldn't say that Blades overall floor is safe. He might lose and score zero points. Um, and Dawkins has tremendous upside at his price in tournaments. However, I don't see many other paths to victory for Dawkins, and Blades ultimately is a, a heavy favorite pushing minus 400 to win, which signifies safety. Again, minus 130 to win inside the distance. That's indicative of a high ceiling and takedowns. You know, Dawkins is a boxer. He also has a black belt in jujitsu, but 
I'm very skeptical of that. We haven't seen him put on his back in any recent fight. He's also coming off a knockout loss to Derek Lewis. And Blades is just very well suited for five rounds. He's gone the five-round distance once, but he's gone the three-round distance many times, while Chris Dawkins in his uh, five UFC fights has only fought into the second round once. He hasn't fought past the seven-minute mark. And I just don't expect him to keep up a high pace, high power, great defensive wrestling for 25 minutes. And Blades is just fantastic at producing offense. He's going to continue to throw strikes. He's going to continue to wrestle, earn that top control, land ground and pound, fish for submissions. Um, And I think he has knockout upside on the feet as well. So given the money line, given his wrestling upside, which is... You know, Blades landed 14 takedowns against Alexander Volkov in in 25 minutes. He really can land takedowns at a very, very high rate. Just an incredible floor and ceiling in a win on DraftKings. So for 9.2K as the main event favorite, Blades is going to be my cash game play of the week. All right. In tournaments, I'm going to give out a crazy one here. I'm going to give out Brian Barbarena at 8K as my tournament play of the week. He is minus 110 uh, against Matt Brown and... This is like this could go very, very wrong. Um, I consider both Barbarena and Brown to be somewhat shot in, in different ways, but Barbarena hasn't looked great since he had back surgery a few years ago. And, you know, he's been taken down 17 times by weak competition in his last few fights. He's been knocked out by Luke, by Randy Brown in recent years, knocked down by Jason Witt. He doesn't look like his old self. I think he could get hurt. I think he could get taken down. But uh, Matt Brown is very shot too. And Brown is 40, let me double check his age, 44, I want to say, 41. He's 41 years old, but he's fought uh, 41 times professionally. He's already retired once. Um, And he just doesn't have the durability he used to he doesn't have the pace that he used to he's physically slowing down and he hasn't looked great recently he's coming off a devastating knockout win over diego lima so he still has punching power but other than like an early knockout against barbarena i don't think brown has a great path to victory he's been hurt to the body many times throughout his career he's been knocked out recently by miguel baeza um and we've seen him get knocked out by Ellenberger, by Donald Cerrone, etc. He was, you know, out grappled by Carlos Condit. And so, yeah, can Brown win by knockout early in this fight? Perhaps. But if he doesn't, I think Barbarina just pushes a higher pace. Averages, you know, is landing 5.44 significant strikes per minute. Coming off a fight against Darian Weeks in which he landed 108 significant strikes in three rounds, Brown can't keep up with that pace. And unlike past opponents who have out-wrestled Barbarina, you know, Brown's landing 1.5 takedowns. You know, he, he landed a takedown against Carlos Condit, against Ben Saunders, but it's been a long, long time since Brown, like, really dominated anyone on the ground. Probably since, like, Eric Silva in 2014. And for what Barbarina lacks in his takedown defense, he's getting taken down eight times because he scrambles back up well. He's not just going to lay on his lay on his back. So I just don't think Brown has the the easiest path to victory against Barbarina. And considering Barbarina's the the underdog here uh, from a DraftKings perspective, he's only eight K. 
with a plus 225 inside the distance line against an opponent who can't keep up pace with him, isn't durable. I think Barbarina has upside. I mean, it's very risky, but this fight's minus 205 to end inside the distance overall. This is a fight that I would be hedging. I wouldn't be only playing Barbarina. And Matt Brown actually has a better inside the distance line at plus 150. So you could make the argument that Brown actually rates out better. Uh, but personally, I prefer Barbarina. I prefer his output, his style, his durability a little bit more. And for 8K, I think he has a little bit better chance to be optimal. So this is a fight that I will be targeting in tournaments, despite the obvious risk on both sides. And I think Barbarina has a maybe sneaky chance to win by knockout and end up on winning lineups at 8K. All right, moving on to my salary play of the week. I'm going to give out Alexi Olenek at 7.6K. And this is... This falls very much into the Paul Craig style of fighter that we hit on last week. Thank you, Paul Craig. Um, was getting dominated, but locked up that triangle again. It's just crazy how often that guy does it. And this is, like I said, this is a very similar situation for me in the sense that I didn't pick Olenek to win, just like I didn't pick Paul Craig to win. But I really think Olenek is like capable of finishing this fight at any moment. And I'm I'm on the edge of, of how likely it is to occur. And I mean, the reason why I'm not high on Latifi in general, A, he's just so small. He's five foot ten for the heavyweight division. He's gonna be four inches shorter than Olenek, giving up seven inches of reach, giving up ten pounds or more. He's very, very small. So Olenek's gonna be a lot bigger than him. Latifi also doesn't really land any strikes. He's averaging one point eight significant strikes per minute. His ability to win rounds on the feet is not not great outside of landing a big knockout shot and then on the on the ground he's a very good wrestler he's just not the best submission grappler not the best like ground and pound artist so it's tough to be confident in latifi the reason why i did pick him was because he's never been taken down in the ufc ever in a span of Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen fights, a hundred percent takedown defense coming from a wrestling background. So it's very unlikely that, you know, despite the size and despite his, the concerns I have, it's unlikely that Olinic lands takedowns with ease. And on the flip side, Olinic defends takedowns at 33%. Olinic will just pull opponents on top of him, kind of like Paul Craig. He will pull opponents into mount, into highly disadvantageous positions because he has a sneaky submission game and he's been able to lock up chokes in the past. And Olenek, uh, Latifi's kind of built like a bowling ball, so I'm not totally confident that Olenek will be able to choke him out. But still, sort of like with Krylov last week, even if Latifi does land takedowns. I just I think it's possible that at any time Latifi could uh Olenek could lock up a choke. And if Olenek happens to get on top of Latifi, he could lock up a choke. If the fight plays out on the feet, Olenek's a lot bigger, throws strikes at a much higher rate. You know, Latifi's been knocked out in the first round a few times. So a knockout from Olenek is possible. I also think Olenek could win a decision. I mean there are a lot of different outcomes for this fight. But Olenek typically wins inside the distance. He typically scores very, very well when he does win. 
um, 91, 105, 97, 94, 138, 95, 110, 101. He puts up big scores and wins. And he's plus 250 to win inside the distance, um, which is a decent mark for 7.6K against an opponent who is very, very flawed. So I don't think it's overwhelmingly likely that Olenek wins. And I'm going to be spreading out my exposure in this range because, like I said at the start, I think we're going to see a bunch of upsets. I think pretty much you know 7.2 to 8K, every single one of these fighters can win. Um, but I include Olenek in that mix, and I think he has multiple paths to victory by decision, by knockout, by submission. Uh, I like the size. I like the cardio a little bit. And... Hey, for 7.6K from a DraftKings perspective, I will take the risk on Olenek. He might be boomer bust, but I think there's a legit chance that he can find a finish somewhere throughout the fight and end up on winning lineup. So Alexi Olenek is going to be my salary play of the week. And finally, my fade of the week, it's going to be Alexa Grasso at 9K. She is a minus 235 favorite over Joanne Wood, formerly Joanne Calderwood. And I, you know, I think Rosso's fine. She's a legit boxer. She lands strikes at a pretty high rate, 4.96 significant strikes landed per minute, absorbing 3.91 per minute. But she doesn't have a lot of wrestling in her game, only averages 0.2 takedowns per 15 minutes. And she's not the best finisher. Um, I don't think she has a knockout in the UFC. Let me double check that. Uh, she does not. So one, two, three, four, five wins in the UFC all have come by decision. And she's put up some big striking numbers in the past. She landed 148 significant strikes in a decision against Karolina Kovalkovich. But guess what that scored her on DraftKings? Not that much, 92 points. That that might be enough on this slate, but I just don't think her, I just don't think she's very likely to reach 150 significant strikes. And even if she does, she probably still gets outscored by Blades and Krizaev and maybe some others. So for me, Grosso probably needs a knockout to end up optimal. And I just don't think that's that likely against Calderwood. Grosso's plus 400 to win inside the distance. Um, I'd rather take a shot on Askarov, who at least has grappling upside. I'd rather take a shot on Fiorot, who I think is a little bit better chance to win inside the distance. Rosa has a chance to win inside the distance. And then as you start to pay down, you know, there's the the boomer bust risks, Borchev, Latifi, Bakarel, etc. So Grasso at 9K is just a really tough price to pay. I think she's all right, like in terms of her ability to win in terms of her floor, she could score 75, 80 points in a win. But if this fight plays out on, on the feet, I mean, Wood throws strikes at a very, very high rate as well. She's averaging 6.71 significant strikes landed per minute. Um, she's been out grappled in recent fights, but like whenever fights go the distance and it's a, a striking based matchup, Wood just throws a tremendous amount of volume. She's landed 148 significant strikes herself, 123, 101, 112. So if this fight plays out on the feet, Grasso might edge her out with her boxing, but I think it'll be very competitive. And I think Wood actually has a chance to upset her as a plus 195 underdog. So I'm just not on Grasso at 9K on this slate, and she will be my fade of the week.
All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's UFC Quick Picks. Thank you so much for the support. You can follow me on Twitter, AppardAppleyDoubleTWP, DailyFanMMA.com for all your DraftKings breakdowns needs. Just finished like an hour and a half podcast with my boy, CRG1010, breaking down every single fight on the DraftKings slate. So please check that out if you'd like, DailyFanMMA.com. Otherwise, best of luck in your contest this week. Stay safe out there. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.